Thank you for getting ready to turn to your new episode of Shooting Lights Out. The Playmakers Board and Shooting Lights Out is proudly to be sponsored by Fanatics. Official license everything from jerseys to t-shirts to hats to duffel bags to memorabilia, anything that you want. It's official license everything at Fanatics. Shooting Lights Out is also sponsored by Liz. Locker rooms by Liz. Get your customized hat, get your favorite team hat, whatever the case may be, at Locker Rooms by Liz. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your new episode of Shooting a Lights Out. Today on this Monday, March 20th, 2023. Welcome to your new episode of Shooting Lights Out. It's one or two of this week. Uh, my next episode will be covering the ladies. Once the ladies get done with their second round, which is today, they'll be set for the Sweet 16 Elite A on Friday. So uh, I look forward to doing that one probably tomorrow, if not tomorrow or Wednesday. But today, we're talking NBA, we're talking men's tournament. I got to talk NBA because the weekend's over with. Got to recap what took place in the week over the weekend with some things that I could see. But mostly we're going to be talking NCAA men's basketball. But, yeah, so, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get it. We're going to get out, do what we do, how we do it, how we roll. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go around the hardwood. And going around the hardwood, the NBA style, ladies and gentlemen, beginning off what took place. We have our headlines. Michael Jordan and Tulsa selling majority states to the uh, selling majority states of the Charlotte Hornets, should I say? Uh, this was doing all the way back into uh, March 16th. He's going to keep some ownership of the team, but not majority ownership. He's going to be the minority owner. While somebody else be the majority on the other team, uh, it's been abysmal for Charlotte since he became the full-time owner of the Charlotte Hornets. I think they have made like one playoff appearance since he's been the owner. It's been crazy enough for down there in Charlotte. Yet again, they won't be making, making the uh, playoffs. They too busy fighting for a lottery pick. Unlike the NFL, you don't – your record doesn't dictate what – pick you get. It's a draft lottery that determines what you get, but yeah. It's been rough for Mr. MJ as a owner, so what can you say? Anthony Edwards. There's no time. He's injured versus the Knicks with an ankle injury, and uh, there's no timetable for his return, which is a bad this is not good for the Timberwolves. They still don't have Carl Anthony Towns, and now you don't have Anthony Edwards for who knows how long, and you're still fighting for a playing spot 
in the U.S. So they there's that is something to look forward to as far as the Minnesota Timberwolves going forward. Can Anthony Edwards get back and help this team get in the playing spot to reach the playoffs? So that's a big one. That's a big loss right there. I hope he's okay. I hope that ankle's fine. This year, the Kings have won 42. Now it's at 43 wins. The first time in 16 years they would clinch a winning record. The last time they had a winning record as a franchise was back in the 2005-2006 season, which is the last time, I believe that's probably the last time they made the playoffs, if I, I want to say. But it's an article that I wanted to read on ESPN. Tim, Tim did a great job on this article. The last time they had a reason, you're talking Chris Redwood, Riley D. Bod, I think it might be was the point guard of that team at that time because Jason Williams was before Mike Beebe. But you know, uh, it was a great, it was a great team. That team went to uh, semifinals in the West. I don't think they ever made it to the Western Conference Finals because they think they always running to the Lakers in the semifinals. But this team here, this Sacramento team, see here, this season is a great team. De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk coming off the bench. The Montes Sabonis being the big man inside. You got Harrison Barnes, who's a multi-time champion from the Golden State Warrior days. Uh, Mike Brown's a NBA champions head coach. I mean, you have you you have the pieces in Sacramento. They are young though. They're young, but I like what I'm seeing from the Sacramento Kings this season. And I think there's a team to be working with. They are now second in the West, but I will show you the standards a little later. There's a team to be working with and. It might be hard to beat them in Sacramento. It just might be hard to beat them in Sacramento. We shall see, though. But great season for the Kings. The most surprising team in the NBA, no doubt about it. Uh, Mike Brown should get coach of the year for what he's done with this team. Uh, you can, but if you come back player of the year, whatever, the six men of the year, you probably get multiple awards to this team because what they have done there has been the most surprising team in the NBA was this far. LeBron James anticipated return at some point in time within the next, I want to say the next couple of weeks. He's going to be reviving for that foot injury this week. At some point, they're going to see how, how his rehab is going and how can he, how soon can he get back as the Lakers are, they are six and five without him in the 11 games. They've been without him in this stretch. The, Counting the win last night, which I will get into later, unfortunately. Nevertheless, six and five without him in this stretch. They are fighting for a playing spot. They're doing what they can. And we shall see. If LeBron returns, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he coordinates with this group of guys. Anthony Davis, the uh D'Angelo Russell leading away. Austin Reese had a big game last night, which I'll get into later, like I said. This team is trying to put it together, trying to make a run, but can they do it before the king gets back in position to make a deeper run when he does come back? All right, let's recap the weekend. This is from Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You see as the Golden State Warriors lost another road game. This one is in the ATF to the Atlanta Hawks. That was out Draymond Green. Draymond Green was suspended for that one game because he got his 16 technical foul in the previous game on that one. So, yeah. He's getting very dice over there for the defending champions. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers defend the home court in a dominant way over the Washington Wizards on Friday night. 
Uh, the game Anthony Edwards got injured in was a game against the Chicago Bulls, but the Bulls won in double overtime over the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Boston Celtics handled business out west against the Portland Trailblazers, and the Dallas Mavericks took care of the Lakers on the game when a shot by Max Cleaver in the Crypto.com Arena. That was Friday. Saturday, you saw the New York Knicks come back and beat the Denver Nuggets. The Bulls continue their winning ways as they beat down Miami, Philadelphia, and Joel and B are running, are starting to feel it, starting to run it. 20-point win in Indianapolis over the Pacers. And the Raptors take care of the Timberwolves without Anthony Edwards on Saturday. Continue on. That was the early part of Saturday. The late part of Saturday, we saw the Kings go down to the nation's capital and handle business against the Wizards. Golden State continued to lose on the road. This time they lose big to the Memphis Grizzlies yet again. And the chirping between the Grizzlies and the Warriors continuing on. The Celtics took their trip down to Salt Lake City and came up short against the Utah Jazz. My Orlando Magic got a surprising win against the Clippers at Crypto.com Arena on Saturday. Very surprising. And then yesterday, we saw the Denver Nuggets go into the Barclays Center and give and get a measure of payback to the Brooklyn Nets. The Phoenix Sun behind Devin Booker's 46 wasn't enough himself because Shea Gillis out of him and dropped 40 himself. As the Thunder outlasted the Phoenix Suns in OKC. The Milwaukee Bucks take care of the Toronto Raptors at home. Giannis into the Cooper had a 20 point triple double and was perfect. A perfect 20 point triple double. Man, let me, I, I, I got to read this to y'all because I don't want y'all to think I'm lying. But y'all can see it for yourself. You can go to newgrade.com, ESPN, wherever you want to go to. But this man was perfect from the field and he had a triple double. I couldn't believe it myself when I saw it. I really couldn't. But people wonder why Giannis is one of, one of my, my favorite players of this generation because that man brings it every night. He doesn't take no nights off. Giannis is telling the football in 36 minutes of game time. Nine for nine from the field. One for one from three. 22 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. A perfect triple-double. I've never heard of a perfect triple-double before, and Giannis has introduced me to a perfect Triple double. All right, then the Clippers they bounced back after the loss to the Orlando Magic. They went up to Portland to take on Damian. They take on Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers as they handled business one seventeen to one on two. And speaking of my Magic's, they had a back to back. They beat the Clippers on Saturday, but they lost to the Lakers on Sunday one eleven to one on five. Austin Reeves put on the show for the home crowd to my despair. Austin Reed with a career high 35 points to lead the home team to a much needed win for the Lakers. Good job, Austin Reed. I can't stand you. Officially, I can't stand you now for beating my Lakers. Here's all the standings as we sit as of today, right now. The Milwaukee's leading away 51 and 20 on the season. Right behind them is Philly, all of a sudden, at 48-22. and 22, And right behind them is the Boston Celtics at 49-23. See, the reason why y'all might be confused, because even though Boston has more wins than Philly, Philly has less losses than Boston, which is why Philly gets the second spot as of right now, and Boston's in the third spot, which is in Tennessee. Fourth is the Cleveland Cavaliers at 45-28. and 28. 
And you see the Knicks and the Nets running out the top six. So you're playing positions right now. It's the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, and the Chicago Bulls. And still in the hunt for a play-in spot is the Indiana Pacers, Washington Wizards, and the Orlando Magic. As my matches are currently, let's see, my matches are five games out of the 10th spot with Chicago with 10 games to go. So if the Bulls go on the loose street and the Magic go on the hot street, it could get interesting. But you still need to get past the Washington Wizards and Indiana Pacers. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets that 10th spot. In the east. Let's go to the west. On the west, the Denver Nuggets still remain the top seed in the west at 48 and 24. Right behind them is the Sacramento Kings at 43 and 27. Tied with them is the Memphis Grizzlies at 43 and 27. But the Kings have the bigger conference record, reasons why they are second and the Grizzlies are third. The Suns fourth, Clippers fifth, and the Mavericks running out the top six teams playing in position in the west. Going to say the defending champs at seven, Oklahoma City at eight, Minnesota at nine, and the Lakers at tenth. As you can see, Minnesota and the Lakers are tied, but Minnesota has the better conference record. On the outside looking in, the Utah Jazz at 34-36, the New Orleans Pelicans at 34-37, and the Portland Trevors at 31 and 40. With the Lakers holding, literally holding them. A thin margin over the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans, and only three and a half games up on the Portland Trailblazers. With, like I said, ten games to go, ten games to go, and so much that can happen in ten games. Who's going to get it in the East? Who's going to get it in the West for the play-in? Who's going to get home court advantage in the playoffs? It's still up for grabs. Nothing is for sure, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing is for sure. And that is the round of hardwood of the NBA. The Playmakers blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can get all your official license, sports gear, memorabilia, whether it's for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even International Soccer League, or even college sports. So whip your team, whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go, where sports fans shop and official license everything. Yes, right, ladies and gentlemen. We are sponsored by Fanatics, your official license, everything. And right now, get free shipping on U.S. orders over $24 using the promo code BOLTS. That is B O L T BOLT for free shipping on orders over $24 at fanatics.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we get here on Tuning Lights Out, let's talk. Let's get to it. Let's just get to it. NCAA right now. First up, sources, Spratinos, in serious talk about the St. John coaching job, which is interesting to come about. We've seen the deliver because just before I hopped on to do this recording, ladies and gentlemen, listen to Sub Greenberg on first take this morning. Providence might be looking for a head coach as their head coach might be heading to Georgetown. And then things could get interesting because from, from Coach Sub Greenberg's point of view, Rick Bettina has connections and ties to Providence because he had a stint there already. 
He's one of his favorite times being a coach. He could be heading back to Providence, it could seem. But for right now, St. John's is the league way until a fisher word that Mr. that coach Ed will be leaving uh Providence for Georgetown. John Calipari says playing for UK, not for everybody because of expectation. I'm glad you said that because it's not for everybody. And this year you didn't you didn't get the job done. I will get to why you ain't get the job done. And the players said they didn't get the job done as a Calipari. But yes, you're right. Playing at Kentucky is not for everybody because that is big as better than when you play for the University of Kentucky in basketball. Now that I got that right now, let's talk and see each other. Now let's get to the good stuff, shall we? First and second running is the time it took place from Thursday to yesterday. And as a recap, what took place, ladies and gentlemen, beginning with the first game on the docket, it was the West Virginia Martinez going against the Maryland Tumblers in the 8-9 matchup in the South region. As you see, Maryland survives over oh, nice seed West Virginia. 67-65, great game. Oh, the great way to kick off the tournament a fine way. And then the second game on the docket, it was 13 seed Farman taking on the 4 seed West, taking on the 4 seed Virginia. In the first round of the South region. And lo and behold, only thing Virginia had to do was get the ball in, don't turn it over, and you move on to the second round. They get the ball in. What do they do? They get trapped in the corner. He throw the player throws a wild pass to hit to midcourt. It gets stolen. Foreman hits a three. And five years later, Virginia gets upset by 13 C on Foreman. 68 to 67 on a five-year anniversary of when they became the first ever number one seed to get upset by a 16 seed. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. Now that team that became the first ever one seed to get upset by a 16 seed, they did come back the following year and win the whole goddamn thing by locking up everybody. They locked up everybody. It was the it was the Cavalier Penitentiary. For my wrestling fans out there, the Cavalier Penitentiary took place the year after. What would happen next year when Tony Bennett and his West and when his Virginia Cavaliers come back this season after being up to about 13 seed? Yes. Missouri took care of business when they won against Utah State for the 17 matchup in the South Region, holding them down 76-65. Kansas, the reigning defending champions, they begin their request to repeat in the West Region. As defending champ, looking like the champions, 96-68 over at Howard. Alabama, the number one overall team in the country. They look like the number one team overall in the country. Just dominating Texas Texas A&M Corpus Christi, 96-75. San Diego State, they was in a battle with the College of Charleston. They was in a battle, but they got it done, 63-57. Princeton, oh, Princeton Tigers. The Ivy League champions, they gave it to Arizona, and Arizona Wildcats got stunned. The 15th seed, Princeton Tigers, upset second seed, Arizona Wildcats, 59-55. Arkansas and Illinois was in a 9-8 battle in the West region with the Arkansas Razorbacks controlling the game. They control it to a 10-point win of 73-63. Continue on from the first round from Thursday. You saw Auburn take care of business against Iowa, 83-75. Duke handled business against 
Oral Roberts, 74-51. Northwestern did not get upset by Boise State in the 7-10 matchup, 75-66. Texas looking like they're one of the best teams in the country out of the Big 12, 81-61 over Colgate. Tennessee had a fight, had a battle with, with Louisiana, but they held on the win 58-55. Houston struggled against Northern Kentucky without their star point guard, but they held on to pull away late. 63-52 over Northern Kentucky. UCLA, they handled business against North Carolina Asheville. They handled the Asheville 86-53. Penn State upsets Texas A&M from the SEC 76-50. All right. Good win for the Leafy Lions. Bad win for the Aggies. When you get back to the SEC country, you will hear about it. That was Thursday. Let's go to Friday. Friday, we kicked it off with USC and Michigan State doing the battle. Michigan State offense and defensively were in control from start to finish, defeating the Trojans of USC 72-62. Xavier found himself in a big battle against Kennesaw State. They didn't think there was being this type of battle, but there was. They had to come back and win 72-67 to avoid the second 15-2 upset. Oh, 13 four. I said three four upset. I mean, 3 14 upsets. Excuse me. The Baylor Bears, they end up business again. UC Santa Bravo, 74 to 56. St. Mary's, they heard all about how VCU can upset them in a 5 12 matchup, but St. Mary's was having none of it. Controlled the game from start to finish, 63 to 51 over the Rams. Marquette. They began their first round battle against Vermont, and they not was not playing with Vermont 78-61. They go to Eagle, the Big East champions. Moving on. From the first fall to the second round is the Pink Panthers shut down Iowa State 59-41 in the 6-11 upset. Another team that was a part of that opening rumor to get upset was the Creighton Blue Jays. That's a 6 seed getting upset by the 11 seed NC State. Creighton was not having it. Control the game from start to finish. NC State tried to make a run, but it was a little too little too late. 72-63. Blue Jays over the Wolfpack. Iona versus UConn. The first half, Iona was up, but the second half was all UConn dominating on the boys, dominating the paint. UConn 87-63. Oh, Rupertino and Iona. The second half of Friday's first round game saw the second ever. 16 over one up to S. Fairley Dickinson. Chop down the big tree that is Purdue. 63-58. Zach Eady did all he could, but his teammates did not show up whatsoever. You didn't show up when you needed to show up, Purdue. And the shortest team in the tournament, Fairley Dickinson, took you out. The Big Ten champions taken out by Fairley Dickinson. From there, the Kentucky Wildcats took on Providence in a, in a tricky and a tricky 6-11 matchup out in, in the East region, but Kentucky handled business 61-53. Gonzaga began their quest to eventually get one of the national championship. They took on Grand Canyon in the first round. Grand Canyon hung around for a bit, but Gonzaga pulled away late 82-70 for the Bulldogs. The Miami Hurricanes beginning their quest to get back to the Elite Eight. In the mid-range region, they took on Drake. Drake didn't stand a chance, 63 to 56. 
Drake tried to make a late comeback, but Miami is too much for them. Miami moves on. Florida Atlantic and, and Memphis in the 8-9 matchup in the East region. Florida landed out. The winners of 31 games. Now they make it 32 as they took down and shot the American champions, the Memphis Tigers and Penny Hardaway, 66-65. Great win for the Owls down from Boca Raton. They took out the American champions. Kansas State, the three seed taking on the 14 seed, Montana State. It wasn't no contest whatsoever. Kansas State pulled away late, 77-65, and let it be known. But probably is part of the game of the first round. TCU and Arizona State got back and forth affair in the 6-11 matchup in the rest reason. But it was TCU behind Miles to survive the 11-6 upset of Arizona State, 72-7. And finally, you had Indiana taking on Kenshaw State with a little attention of can Kenshaw State do it. They tried, but they wasn't enough. Indiana 71-60 win over the Kent State Go Flashes. Take a break real quick, and when we come back, we'll dive in what happened over the weekend Saturday. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Killing Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Killing Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally, seeing you know the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But you know this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been you know doing lately, you know th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all honestly was all of a sudden for real. I I explain this: the United States maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future, because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries: the United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shooting the Light Side. As we get to the second round of the NCAA tournament, we kicked it off on Saturday with Foreman looking to upset fifth seed San Diego State in the round of 32, but San Diego State was not having it. 75 to 52. The assets dominate into the Sweet 16. And then this happened. The 4-5 matchup between the Duke Blue Devils and the Tennessee Volunteers. To most people, this is an upset because Duke, who was riding high, but there was the fifth seed to the fourth seed of Tennessee, and Tennessee proved why the committee Showed them why they was the fourth seed and Duke was the fifth seed. The physicality of this game was unprecedented. It was physical from the start to finish. You can say the, the wrestler made it physical for no reason. It shouldn't have been that physical, but it was. And in doing so, Duke could not handle it. As you see, the final score, Duke 52, Tennessee 65, a 13-point win for the Volunteers. And to do the nation justice, 
I must do this to the Buddhas. Yep, I had to do it. I do apologize, but I had to do it. It was, it, 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 it was to come. It was coming. You should know it was coming. No matter what you did, it was coming. It, it didn't matter, okay? So we're going to keep it moving on here. And uh, we're not done because we have another one to talk about. The very next game after Duke, after Tennessee took down Duke, another number one seed has fallen. The reigning defending national champions. The Kansas Jayhawks fell one point short of the eight-seed Arkansas Razorbacks of the Southeastern Conference. Without Bill Self, Kansas struggle. Turnovers. Grady Dick only gave you seven points. You didn't have enough to get past Arkansas. You had ample opportunity, ample time to do what was needed to be done, and yet you could not get past the Arkansas Razor Bats. And yet again, another defending champions exit before the Sweet 16, which means yet again, the 2006-2007 Florida Gators are still the last team to ever do a back-to-back -back championships in the men's league tournament. And saying goodbye to the Kansas Jayhawks, we salute you. We uh, say salute, goodbye to the Kansas Jayhawks. But that wasn't the only games that was played on Saturday, unfortunately. Princeton Tigers. The Princeton Tigers rolled into the Sweet 16 by rolling the Missouri Tigers of the SEC. So we had good SEC play from Tennessee and Arkansas. Then we come with bad SEC play from the goddamn Razor, from the goddamn Missouri Tigers. What the hell? You're a disgrace, Missouri. But shout out to the Ivy League Princeton Tigers. Swiss is team bound. We'll see you in Louisville. And speaking of that, SEC, well, can't be too mad that Auburn got they destroyed in the second half by Houston because Houston is the team that I thought they would be in the second half. Second half, that was the Houston team that I expect coming into the tournament. So, yeah, despite being in Birmingham, despite being a pro-Auburn crowd, Houston was dominant in the second. Texas had a battle with Penn State, but they did not succumb to the upset of the Tennessee Mighty Lithy Lions, 71-66. UCLA also wasn't succumbed to the seven-ranked Wildcats looking for the upsets. The Bruins survived that game, 68-63. And to close out Saturday, the Alabama Crimson Tide is why looking like the team, why I picked them to win it all. And Brandon Miller still hasn't even got started in the tournament yet. 73 to 51 over the Maryland Tigers. That was Saturday. This move was Sunday. Last night, yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, we kicked off with the Xavier Musketeers going against the Pit Panther. That's the Pit Panther looking for another upset as the 11th seed. 
Plus, you see what happens when you put up points. 84 points put up by the Musketeers to pick 73. Pick goes home and Xavier moves on to the Sweet 16. We had the Kentucky Wildcats going against the Kansas State Wildcats in a 6-3 matchup in the East region. Winner looking to go to Madison Square Garden. And it was the Kansas State Wildcats of the Big Ten outlasting the Kentucky Wildcats of the SBC 75 to 69. Shout out to Mark Chris Noel, that dude at 27 points. He refused to go home 10 for 11 from the line. Despite Ashiwe doing what he does best 20 points, 18 boards. He didn't have help from his teammates. And John Calipari is going home. In the first weekend of the tournament, yet again. The stunner of the weekend comes right here as Michigan State took on Marquette in the 2 7 matchup in the East. Marquette kept turning the ball over, and Michigan State won with hitting only two three pointers in this game. They was two for 15 from the field. They shot less than 20% from three, and yet is the Michigan State moving on with a 69 60 win. Over the Big East champion, the Golden Eagles are Marquette. The 4 5 matchup in the West had UConn going against St. Mary's, and St. Mary's met their match and they met it hard. 70 to 55, UConn, the fourth seed, takes out the fifth seed, Gales or St. Mary's. But we, we thought upsets was done. No, they weren't because the Great Blue Jays from the Big East, the sixth seed. In the South, taking on the three seed Baylor Bears and Craig control the game from start to finish, just whooping on the Bears 85 to 76. The Blue Jays in the Sweet 16, and the Baylor Bears going home in the first weekend yet again since they won the national championship three years ago. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, I say two years ago. In a matchup that everybody's looking forward to because of what happened, the 16th seed, Fairleigh Dickinson University, FDU, taking on Florida Atlanta University, FAU, in the East Region, the running goes to the Sweet 16 in Madison Square Garden. The Owls jumped out early, but the Knights kept roaring back, and Warren back they did to even take the lead, but the Owls decided to put it away late in the game. 78 70, Boca Raton, Florida. Stand up and party. It's your hours of Florida Atlantic heading to Madison Square Garden in the Sweet 16. But they weren't the only Florida team to join them because down south where the Cora Gables, the Miami Hurricane, they took the fight to the fourth seed Indiana from the Big Ten and the fight they took it to them and Indiana could not stop it whatsoever as the Hurricanes take down the Indiana Hoosers. 85 to 69, Miami heading out to Kansas for the Sweet 16. And then the final game that took place over the weekend on Sunday last night, TCU, the sixth seed, going against the third seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the rest region, back and forth for fair, but Jew Timmy making plays down the stretch, and the Gonzaga Bulldogs outlast on Horn Frost, 84 to 80. One wow, it was one of the weekends in the tournament that you just don't know, you just don't understand, you just don't understand. Like, it has been one of those weekends, man. It's, it's been crazy, it's been so crazy that 
is is one of those. But here's where we stand at for the shooters, like South Charles for the men's side. As you can see here, the leader right now with 490 points is ESPN fan right here, M Bloom. 98 assists, but the problem is he had Kansas win it at all, and Kansas is done, so his match total is 810, which means he has no chance. Your second place one, Black Flat Back Life, match, he's done. So right now, you're looking at ESPN 0426649 as leading the way with 420 points with a match of 1500. But who has the best shot is this guy, Mr. Daniels, at 1510. Mr. Daniels is leading the way. He put Alabama to win it all. I also put Alabama to win it all. I'm at 1480 right now. So I'm in good position. I'm not far off, ladies and gentlemen. I'm only three back. I'm only three back in the match column. So we got a lot of basketball to be played. But after the first round, I am currently ranked fifth in this tournament. But when you look at the next one, I'm right there. The battle to win $100 for me is still going on. I'm trying to hold on to my $100. But y'all not making it easy for me. Y'all not making it easy for me. Now that we got that out the way, when we come back, we're going to preview the Sweet 16. The Playmakers Bar is proudly to announce that it lettered a partnership deal with Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Stream live sports from any device that you have, whether it is your computer, laptop, or even your cellular device. Catch breaking news live when it happens and enjoy a mountain of entertainment from movies to shows to whatever you love doing. Paramount Plus. Plan starts at $4.99 a month, but right now you can get a free trial. Just hit that link below with the Playmakers blog and start your free trial right now. Paramount Plus. Mountains of Entertainment. All right, welcome back to Showing the Lights Up. Paramount Plus has been great for me over the weekend, over these past four days. So, Catch most of the tournament playing being played on CBS, so it's been good. Get your Paramount Plus, get started with live events, breaking news, and Mountains of Entertainment. Sweet 16, ladies and gentlemen, Sweet 16. Our first matchup will be out in the East region with Michigan State taking on Kansas State. Up in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. That will be tipping us at 6.30 on TBS. So that's going to be one to watch. You must watch Tom Izzo trying to beat you at Elite Eight like, yet again. Michigan State, as of currently right now, is the favorite by one point. It's going to be fun to see how this one goes. Uh, can K-State handle the three-point shooting of Michigan State? Can Michigan State defend the way that they defend Marquette? Can they defend the same way as they defend Kansas State? 715 on CBS. It's the rest region. Arkansas Razorback going against UConn. Eric Musselman. Can he pull? Can his Razorback put off another stunner in this one? This time they're going against a team that is big and really big in UConn. This team is deep and this team is loaded. That's why UConn's a three and a half favorite right now. But can Eric Musselman and his Arkansas Razorbacks control the tempo, control the game to their favor, and make UConn run up and down the floor. But once the first game is done out in the, the East region at Madison Square Garden, your second East game is Florida Atlantic going up against the Tennessee Volunteers. 
as you know, Tennessee will be forever. You're talking about a team from the SEC taking on the team from the Conference USA. It's been a great run, but Florida Atlanta, they will get to play in Madison Square Garden against a Tennessee volunteer team that is deep, that is physical, ready to battle. Let's see, can John Davis pull off another upset? This one, can he do it in the most famous arena of Madison Square Garden? That is 9 p.m. on TS. And 9.45 on CBS out in the rest region. That's in Las Vegas, by the way. Gonzaga, UCLA, round round two. I mean, UCLA won the last matchup between these two. Can Gonzaga zap revenge on them and knock out the Bruins from the NCAA tournament on their way to the Elite Eight? It's going to be fun to see. Hikaz versus Timmy. That is the matchup to watch. Oh, boy. Nick Cronin, Mark Few as the head coaches. It's going to be a battle on Thursday. And then that's Thursday. But Friday, ladies and gentlemen, in the South region down in Louisville, Kentucky, the field seed, the Aztecs of San Diego State, making their toughest, they toughest matchup they have faced in program history when they got to go up against number one, the overall number one team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide up in Louisville, Kentucky. Bama served by seven and a half already. And Brandon Miller, like I said earlier, Brandon Miller ain't even get started yet. That game is at six. They're going to TBS. 7-15 on CBS. We're going to the Midwest region. We're going to Kansas City, where it is the number one team in the Midwest region. They're Houston crew. We're going against the fifth seed, the Miami Hurricanes. This should be a fun battle because Miami has every type of method that you can have to go against Houston. It's pretty much which team can facilitate and dictate their own pace, their own style of play between these two, and which other ones can adjust and make it switch between Miami and Houston. Right now, Houston's the seven-point favorite, but don't be don't be surprised if Miami makes it a battle and might pull off the upset. At 9 p.m. on TBS in the South Region, Princeton Tigers, the 15th seed, taking on the 6th seed, Creighton Blue Jays. This could be the highest scoring game of the tournament. Because Princeton like to put up points. Creighton damn sure like to put up points. This could be the highest scoring game of the tournament thus far. It might be the next one after it. But Creighton is the 10 point favorite right now. But don't be don't don't be surprised about the Tigers of Princeton. That's an athlete school and they will be prepared to defend Creighton. But if that's not highest scoring game, then that's one will be because it's the third. It's the third seed in the Midwest. The Xavier Musketeers taking on the second seed, the Texas Longhorns in the Midwest out in Kansas City. 9:45 p.m. on CBS. Though Longhorns are a four-point favorite. These two teams can put up points in bunches. Both teams can put up. Xavier put up 84 against Pittsburgh. Just throwing that out there. Both teams can score in the 70s and the 80s if they need to. So if Princeton and Creighton in the high scoring game. It'll probably be Xavier and Texas. Either way, we're going to have some high scoring games coming up Thursday and Friday. And the winners of Thursday's games will meet in Saturday's games. The winner of Friday's games will meet on Sundays to set up the Elite Four, the Final Four, going into the month of April. So thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then as we get ready to be a fair dude to the show on today, ladies and gentlemen, we must say goodbye to the teams that got upset this weekend. The upset matters is the reason why we love March Madness so much. So here you go. For the playmaker down in silence, I'll catch y'all later.
great. But you can't stop here. You can't stop now. You gotta keep going. Through all your trials and your tribulations, you gotta keep pushing. Now, finish your canvas. Yeah, gotta get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? Been through the ups and downs like the letter end. They don't let you through the dope, better kick it again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go, gotta get it out the mud. Gotta get it out the flow. Cause that's the only way to go, let's go. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. This has been Shooting the Lights Out. Masterpiece.